Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning with the Double L team, Lyle and Lawson, bringing you the show today. Well, Lawson, back welcome again. to the show. Yes, back again. <laughs> Taking <laughs> out the year 2018. Mm. Mm. So coming up in today's show, we have a rather serious section, once again, on mm. gender insanity mm-hmm. that is seeming to grip our world and particularly... Uh, what is taking place here in Australia. Lawson is going to be talking about... Rocks. Rocks. Cool and, rocks. And robots. Lawson talks about a rock on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's the, um, the peak of peak of interesting journalism. Yes, <laughs> yes indeed. And, uh, of course, uh, robots that are not robots. Yeah. Artificial intelligence that is not artificial intelligence. And somebody got sprung and a bunch of people have red faces as a result. 100%. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, will be. Of course, we That'll have awesome. uh, coming up our encounter with God, where we're going to be talking about deception and perilous times. Mm-hmm. Not gnarly times. Not gnarly, but perilous. 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 Perilous times. Uh, and, of course, we have our question of the day. What are the cherubim? We're going to mm-hmm. have, read a biblical description of what a cherubim looks like. But, Lawson, how do we know all of this? Well, because we're speaking from, I'm not going to say from the future or from the past, we're just in some random moment in time. Quantum quantum space. In which we already know what's going to happen, because this is the delayed broadcast. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so considering that this is the delayed broadcast, if you would like to hear the live show, let me tell you how to do it, and let me also at the same, let us, I should say, also (laughs) at the same tell you how to get a clear signal when you go on your annual Christmas road trip so you can listen to Faith FM right across the country without losing the signal. You simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play. Amazing. Simple as that. Bam. Do it on your phone, do it on your mobile device, run it through your car stereo, uh, through your Bluetooth, through your aux cord, through your tape insert if you've got a tape player in your car. <laughs> through your headphones if you're not your very headphones. social. Yeah, if you want to be unsociable um, or if you're in a workshop and you just put it underneath yeah. your, uh, mm-hmm. your earmuffs and away you go. Uh, so many different ways to do it and all of them so effective. The other way to do it, which is actually the way I prefer, it's a little bit more tricky to get the free version but get the TuneIn app. Mm-hmm. Make Faith FM Radio your Faith FM Radio Australia – Australia, specifically. And Lawson's going to emphasize that on this show. (laughs) Um, Australia, your favorite, and go from there, and you have the show. Anyway, stay tuned. We've got a great program coming up for you today. What a wondrous love is this, oh my soul, my soul. What wondrous love is this for oh my soul? What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul? To bear the dreadful curse for my soul?
Layden Jaden Levick with Wondrous Love here on Faith FM. Nearly got those letters back to front there, but we are all good to go. Love the old Layden Jaden. Layden Javik, yes. All right, so uh, <laughs> let's have the first clue for the quiz there. All right, Morrison. so we've got a new quiz for today, and again, you right, can. I only call you, called you Mawson. <laughs> <laughs> we have Which a new we're quiz backwards this morning. We have a new quiz for today. It's a Who Am I quiz, and you can win a prize if you get it correct. And if you get it correct before Lyle, you can win double prizes. Okay, so get ready to call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Have your number, on, your finger on the phone because you're going to have to be quick. All right. Okay. This is Who Am I? And the first clue is: It was at a prayer meeting at my mother's house that Rhoda saw Peter and got so excited she left him outside the locked door. Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, you're incorrect, sir. You're, in, you're incorrect, sir. You're incorrect. Uh, there you go. So, if if you want to know who that is, I, I'd, I, I'd give a suggestion that you go to one of the books in the Bible, in the New Testament. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> let's embarrass Lyle today. Come now on, I'm guys. even more frustrated than what I was before. <laughs> All right, that's okay. What have you got for positively different news for us there, Lawson? Okay, this morning, let's positive, ta- change the subject. Positively different news. Okay, I want to ask you a question, Lyle. Mm-hmm. I often start off this segment with asking you a question because I feel like a lot of these stories are really, really relatable. But check it out. Have you ever owned something? And you thought, you know, you might have inherited it for nothing, like it was just something cheap and it turned out to be like something super expensive. Have you ever been in that Hmm, position? No, unfortunately not. And you've never like come across something that's like, you know, oh, like this is just some cheap thing and then it ended up being worth lots and lots and lots of money? Um. My son potentially has that experience, but not me. Okay. Well, check, check this out. If there's ever been an experience like that, it's, it's this, this story I have here. This is crazy. So, a man um, from Grand Rapids, Michigan, who, who was a farmer, he owned- I've got one or two things that have turned out to be- hey, yeah, yeah, my son and I, my oldest son and I collect a bit of um, military, particularly okay. World War okay. One, World War Two military. And there's one or two items there. He has an item that if it is uh, genuine, mm-hmm. um, is worth a tremendous amount of money. Okay. Um, and I have an item that 
is genuine that my father-in-law picked up at a um, at, at, at a garage sale for like twenty cents, mm-hmm. um, which is World War Two Japanese ammunition pouch. Yeah, um, and of course Axis um, stuff is worth so much more. So yeah, bits and pieces. There are bits and pieces I can think of that yeah, they're definitely worth more than what we originally. It, it I didn't realize even find out track down what it was until after I'd had it for a couple of years. Mm. Oh, I found well. out what it was and I'm like, oh, okay, that's actually worth quite a chunk of money. <laughs> well, dude, check this out. So so this farmer from from Grand Rapids, Michigan, right? He has this rock as a doorstop. Just this nice, cool-looking, shiny hunk of rock. And he gets curious one day and he's like, man, this thing looks pretty cool. And, you know, I inherited with the farm when I bought it in 1988. It's been used as a doorstop for decades. But I wonder if there's anything going on here. Maybe it's a really, really old rock. So he takes it to Rocks one. Rocks by nature tend to be old. Yeah. <laughs> you do realize this, right? Unless you're standing yes. next to a volcano, they tend to be old. So but check, check this out. So he took the rock to one of his uh, geologist friends from the Central Michigan University. And they did an evaluation, and it turned out that this 10.2 kilo rock is a space meteor worth $141,000. Nice. So, this guy, like, this doorstop that he's been using for years, this rock turns out to be a meteor that's fallen in Michigan. Like, apparently they've found 50 of these rocks over the last 50 or so years. Uh Um, And yeah, it's just like they've come across this rock and it turns out this guy's like $141,000 So what would you do, Lawson, if you found something like this, would you keep it because it's cool or would you sell it? Oh, I would not keep it. I would drop that thing. I would, like, (laughs) I'd sell it and then give, you know, donate money to the Maitland Church Roof Fund. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, Lawson. Yes, you are our friend forever. (laughs) And then I would donate some money to my own church and then I'd buy a new car because I just sold my car. And you have junky cars because you're a poor Bible worker. Yeah, yeah. I am a dirt poor Bible worker and I'd buy a car and then, wow. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, this is awesome. They actually, uh, after sort of evaluating it at the the Central Michigan University, it was then taken to the Smithsonian Museum in in Washington, where they they did another evaluation and they found that yes, this is indeed a space rock from space so from a meteor, from deep space from somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and it's just like flown in and just like hit the ground um they're estimating that it might be from a meteor shower that happened in the 1930s there was one of the apparently it was one of the six biggest meteor showers that had had ever um you know hit the states Mm -hmm. um and yeah this is one of the shards of it but it's just it's just cool that's just so awesome like there's just a rock i love the application of the rock it's not like it's up on a pedestal it's a doorstop it's a yeah well that's i mean a rock is a rock i mean it's just a rock you know (laughs) unless you're a geologist it's just a it's just a rock but if you're a geologist then something it's it's suddenly becomes incredibly cool i think i'd love to have a meteor from the 1833 meteor shower Dude, I would love to have a meteor from any meteor. I'd like to have anything from outer space. You so know? you can sell it and buy a car. Yeah. <laughs> and fix the Maitland Church roof. Drop it like it's hot. Um, dude, this next story is another super hilarious one, but it comes from... So we've just had some space news. This is some robotic and AI news. In Russia, um, there was a, you know, a Russian you know, a presentation on one of their state media channels um, from an AI 
you know, robot convention that they were having over there. And um, they brought out, you know, this company brought out a robot called Boris the Robot, uh, which was a completely Russian-made um, AI, a- according according to them. Um, and, you know, while it was on the stage, it did some dances to music and stuff, and people were really impressed. They were like, well, this is far and away above anything that's coming out of the rest of the world. You know, you think about um, the th- you know, some of the robots that are coming out of Japan with Honda and some of the robots mm-hmm, that are coming mm-hmm. out of... Um, There's some pretty impressive know, stuff out yeah, there. Out of the States with Boston Dynamics, you know, that are leading the world. And they see this Boris the robot and they're like, this is, this, this is like human-like, this robot. And it fooled the state television into 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 uh, into reporting that hey they've got this you know Russia's got this amazing robot, and it turned out that it's just a guy in a robot suit yeah, doing, say, doing a dance <laughs> on, <laughs> uh, on yeah. national TV. So from the beginning, the company that brought it out was claiming that oh it was just a man in a suit. It was just a concept design of something we're going to be working on in the future. Um, but it was actually the the Russian channel was just it's just called Russia Twenty. The television station, um, you know, they were there, you know, checking out the uh, like as you do, as you know, I can imagine if there was a robot convention in Newcastle, you know, maybe NBN would head down and you know take some footage, have a look what's going around, and do it, do a story on it. So they've like seen this robot and they've done a story on it on the news, saying like, oh, Russia is leading the world on robotics. This is this is incredible, and yeah, it's, totally sprung. It's just it's just a man totally in a robot sprung. suit. How they ended up actually finding out was that um, more pictures were released that were just like you could well, in see the, in the digital age. You know, seriously? Yeah, it's... Seriously? <laughs> you're going to pull this one off and, and think you can hoodwink people? Dude, well... Anyway... That, that's what, the, they, don't, they didn't claim... They, they didn't claim that it was to hoodwink people. They actually said, they're like, no, we said, you know, it was... I think I think it was just it a was misunderstanding a and it was Im- that we were working ambiguity on. and... Um, but yeah, that ended up like what... I think, you know, I think they were having fun. Yeah. I, I, I like, totally think they were like. Let's see how many of, people we can fool. Russians, they're singing. How can we fool everybody? Let's, let's, <laughs> let's pull the wool. Let's pull the wool over the whole world's eyes and see what happens. And they all sat back and laughed their heads off. Well, what actually made it come undone is because there was a lot of inquiry into into this robot. Like once this naturally b- big national TV station reported that Russia's got one of the best robots out, and, um, and then, then everybody then, then everybody would be like, "Oops, what have we done?" Yeah, and then the, the pictures start started coming out and you could see like that there's a neck of like a person inside the robot suit and then people from the convention were like hey yeah i'm pretty sure that was just a human doing a dance in a robot suit and (laughs) and basically you know channel 24 from russia just ended up looking um like dunces and uh (laughs) and were completely fooled into reporting about a fake hilarious that reminds me of when national geographic uh did that whole big article on the um, feathered dinosaur, and all it was was a few different dinosaurs that had been stitched together by the Chinese to have them on. This is Audrey Sad. Holy, holy, holy.
That was Audrey Sad with Holy 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 here on Faith FM this morning. Okay, we got another clue for our quiz there. Get ready to call. There are still two prizes available. one 800 is the number. All right, I think you're going to get it after this one. Okay. Okay. Good. This, this, this take, is take, a- take the two prizes <laughs> off the table. They're about to disappear, so you better be getting ready to call fast. Okay, okay. Paul told Timothy to bring me along when he came because I was helpful to him in the ministry. Ah, of course. Who is it? Who are we, to- who are yeah, we talking yeah, about yeah, here? Yeah, 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 who yeah. We- um, sir, you would be correct. Yes, you thought I was going to... Yeah, I, was, I thought you were going to put down something else. I was just being no. a little bit more specific about... <laughs> What I was writing. So no more, no more double prizes. Hear Sorry, the, hear the doubt coming through in uh, Lawson's voice, and he was about to say, and I'm like, yes, he's going to say it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to say you're wrong, and then I'm going, and then he's going to be like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> but he waited, which is always a wise thing to do. Anyway, if you want to claim that prize, you can give us a call on one eight hundred three two four eight four three, or you know, give us text oh four nine one zero six four six six nine. And just on that, like, you should just. You should just check us out on the internet. You should head to our Facebook page, Faith FM Australia. You should head to our YouTube channel, Faith FM Australia. You should head to our Instagram, Faith FM Australia. And you can, you know, check out the, the past content that we've Said done. enough times there, Lawson? Um, yeah, I just want people to really know that we're called Faith FM Australia. Good. And then, then they'll just be able to see all the awesome things that we've we've been doing. For example, you can check out some of the questions and answers that Lyle's been doing, the questions of the day, um, some Lyle's two cents columns, and just, yeah, everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, jump in, have a, uh, have a conversation, um, mm. and put your views out there, and, and, and talk about, you know, some of the important issues that are under discussion mm. at this time. All right, Lyle, hit us with some, some current news. What's currently okay, so going on? Okay, so the Australian Labor, Par- Labor Party yesterday voted for genderless birth certificates and and other legal documents. Oh, wow. In a move based at uh, science being replaced by ideology um, and uh, a move away from reality. Uh, so they voted to uh, affirm support to review gender rules surrounding legal documents like birth certificates and to create genderless doctor- documents. Uh, this is after the Northern Territory and Tasmania have already gone down this path of mm. recognising uh, the Emperor's New Clothes, which of course don't yeah, exist, um, and Victoria probably the next to follow. So it sort of makes you wonder what kind of a world in which we live. Now, the simple reality is is a birth certificate is a legal and historical document. It is a snapshot of the biological facts surrounding a person's birth. Now, whatever, however you choose to live your life after that... Mm. You know, that's entirely your choice. You know, that's between, that's between you and God, that's between you and your family, whatever. This is not a comment on any of that in any way, shape mm-hmm. or form. However, a birth certificate records the biological facts of your birth. And what this is basically doing is saying that we can now record falsehoods. Yeah, wow. Something that is not reality. Um, this is a total deny of, deny, denial of science, mm-hmm. and it is empirical science being placed, replaced by ideology. And, of course, the only thing that I see positive about this, um, apart from just the obvious insanity of it, I mean, seriously, mm. this is just, I've never seen anything as insane as this in my life. But at least it's a little bit honest because ideology rather than science has been driving uh, this agenda the whole way through. And it is an outgrowth of the replacement of science by ideology Mm -hmm. through the uh, 
evolution movement. Yeah, well, it's it's super interesting. Like uh, I've been uh, looking at some some information, just trying to understand what's going on in our world today. Um, and a lot of this stuff is is fueled by this postmodernist view that ultimately there's not. You know, there's not an objective. There's nothing truth. empirical. Um, but the the biggest attack that that's had, be- because ultimately, like, if say you don't have the Bible, say you don't have anything to give you a, a truth, what people have used for truth, you know, in 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 a civic way, is is functionality. Ultimately, like we've, you know, if if you had no no ideology, if you had no anything, the the correct way to look at the world then would be functionality. And what this uh, this sort of worldview does is it says, like, it throws functionality out the window even. Like, oh, absolutely. Everything. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's just like, bizarre. Yeah. And while we're, on the, while we're on the subject of gender insanity, um, Miss Universe, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which was just a uh, uh, pageant uh, contest, um, was just won by Miss Philippines. Congratulations to Miss Philippines for winning the winning the Miss Universe. But that has been totally overshadowed by all of the attention that has gone to Miss Spain, who is a man competing oh, wow. in Miss Universe. Um, and so somewhere in Spain there is an actual real beauty queen who missed out because a man took her spot. The question that goes through my mind is where are all the women's rights activists when a man steps in and takes a beauty pageant from a woman? You know, women's rights activists, they always get up in arms when a, you know, a man steps in and takes something, steals something, a position, whatever it might be, that uh, belongs to a woman. Mm-hmm. Where, where are they getting upset now? Um, you know, a good, very good friend, friend of mine who competes in these kind of pageants, I asked her about it and she's like, no, I don't think this is fair. You know, um, and, and now we have biological men that are competing in everything. We had a biological mm-hmm. man competing in the women's sports in the Commonwealth Games. You know, men have 40% more muscle mass. They have 10% stronger muscle yeah. um, and 50% more bone mass than women on average. And yeah. now we let them compete in, you know, football, Olympics, whatever it might be. And then, of course, we've got this whole uh, concept of, you know, transgenderism and we ha- we're facing the dire consequences of the treatment of children who express, you know, confusion about their sex and, you know, go down this path of trans uh, transition, you know, affirming treatments that are emotionally and physically damaging and irreversible. Mm-hmm. And once again, this is people who are totally committed to ideology and not science. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the facts of transgenderism and, and, you know, people are struggling with this issue. I have I have tremendous amount of sympathy for them. I mean, this is a really, really hard thing to deal with. And, you know, somebody who's, you know, facing this kind of confusion, I think they need all the love and support that we can give them. But we also need to base our treatments on science. And Mm. the fact is that people are not born trapped in the body of the wrong sex. Studies of identical twins prove it. Yeah. Uh, wow. 2013 study was the largest study of transgender transgender identical twins. So they they have identical hormone influence. They have the identical DNA. Uh, they're biologically identical, mm-hmm. and they should both be transgender if that is the case. And yet they are not. Mm. Um, and so it's proven conclusively that transgenderism has nothing to do with biology. Uh, the second fact that we need to look at is that when passing through puberty, 95% of children who express confusion or anxiety about their sex outgrow it. 
Yeah, wow. You know, so that equates to 95% of children whose lives will be permanently ruined by the psychological and physical abuse of transgender treatments. Mm. You know, this is the world that we're living in right now. Um, it's becoming a new fad and drawing you know, resources away from those who are truly struggling with transgender issues in the United Kingdom. You know, one government institution dealing with gender identity issues for children has seen a 2,000% increase in the last 10 years. Yeah. Because suddenly it's just become trendy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for children under the age of six... Referrals have increased by 400%. This is children under the age of six who have been referred for transgender treatment. A child under the age of six doesn't know what they are. They need to be told what they are by their parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And the treatments that they are given for gender dysphoria have never been proven to be safe. Yeah, you know we're we're staring down the uh, the gun barrel of obesity and testicular cancer in males, uh, decrease in bone density and muscle growth in both sexes. Uh, there are zero scientific studies that exist to show the uh, the, the long term effects. There is none. What we are facing is an epidemic of suicide like the world mm-hmm. has never seen before. Transgender mm-hmm. people have the highest rate of suicide in our world right now. Mm-hmm. And by forcing this on our children and by confusing our children and sending our children down through these treatments, what we are going to see is lives being ruined and destroyed. And, you know, before we go down this path, what we need to have is solid science as a basis, not ideology. Let's mm-hmm. take a scientific approach. Let's not take an ideological approach. Yeah, well. So this is my, you know, rant this morning, um, you know, and, and it shows where the future is when you know, your Australian Labor Party is voting for genderless birth certificates and, and supporting of genderless legal documents, mm-hmm. um, denying reality, living in a fantasy universe. Anyway, we need to move on. This is Matt Mitt- Give me Mitt- the Bible, star of gladness gleaming. To cheer the wonder, lone and tempest-tossed No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming Since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Give me the Bible when my heart is broken When sin and grief have filled my soul with fear Precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love Shall vanish in eternal day. Give me the Bible, 
steps and lighted. Teach me the danger of these realms below. That lamp of safety or the gloom shall brighten. That light alone the path of peace can show. Give me the Bible, holy message shining. Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise, law and love combining. Till night shall vanish in eternal day. In eternal day. In eternal day. That was Matt Minicus featuring. Clint McCoy, give me the Bible here on Faith FM. And Lawson, got another clue for our quiz yet? Nobody, yes. Nobody snapped this one up. No one's got it yet. But unfortunately, you know, there's no more double no more double prizes. No more double prizes. So, but you still can get a cr- prize. So, you can give us a call on 1-800-324-843 and you can get an amazing prize for answering this question. Okay. Who am I? We've, we already know that... Paul told Timothy to bring me along um, when he came because I was helpful to him in ministry. So, we know that so far. Mm -hmm. The next clue is, I deserted Paul and Barnabas in Pamphylia. Who was the deserter? If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call and there will be a prize coming your way. This morning, we have a very special guest joining us here in the studio, Daniel Livingston. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. <laughs> now, Daniel, I have to ask this question. You know, with a name like Daniel Livingston, how often do you get how often do you get called David? Yeah, pretty often. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. Of course, the uh, very famous um, explorer and African ministry um, African missionary um, David Livingston, and uh, yeah, the, the names are just they're not similar until you add the last name Livingston. Are you are you related in any way? I'm sure we are. We're, our heritage is Scottish, okay. um, but there's lots of Livingston in the phone book, so... Yeah, <laughs> never, yeah. never traced it back. Yeah, no. Fair enough. Now, um, you're an engineer, but you recently wrote an article in uh, the Record Magazine, which is a uh, Christian magazine that's been around for more than 120 years. Um, how, how does somebody who is an engineer end up writing theological articles? Yeah, good question. Um, the Bible has always interested me uh, and the teachings of the Bible. Um, I'm also quite interested in, in global issues and, you know, making the Bible and our faith relevant to today. And so I've blogged about various things, apologetics, global issues, um, wow. practical Christianity, and the odd one or two on, on theology as well. Okay, so we need, to, uh, we need to get a hold of your blog and have a look and see what else <laughs> you've been talking about. Maybe we should have you in here a little bit more often. Um, Now, your article was about assurance of salvation in relationship to the investigative judgment. Now, probably most of our listeners who are Christian would understand the concept of assurance, a very important part of Christianity. Um, Less would have heard of the concept of the investigative judgment. Um, so what we want to look at, what we want to look at is why these two biblical doctrines are being seen as being in conflict. Uh, but before we do, 
Could you just uh, define for our li- listeners what you mean by, first of all, assurance, and second, by the investigative judgment? So assurance is our confidence in our standing before God. Does God look at us as, as people to save or people to be lost? Do we have um, that confidence with God in, in judgment? The investigative judgment, um, so we believe that there's a, a cosmic investigative judgment that's happening right now and that began in 1844. That is a whole um, Bible study in itself. That is indeed. Yes. If you want to know more about that, then uh, give us a call here and we've got a Bible, a Bible study that we can send you on that subject. But anyway, yeah, keep moving. Um, so the investigative judgment is also related to the sanctuary service, which is a whole set of Bible studies <laughs> as well. Um, and the sanctuary service shows how God deals in an open, transparent way with sin, mm-hmm. removing sin from, from us, our own lives, and from the community, the universe. Um, so the investigative judgment is the fulfillment of um, what was typified in the, in the sanctuary services in the Old Testament um, when the children of Israel had a, a temple and they had their daily and, and yearly feasts. Um, there was a day of atonement. Um, which was a yearly feast, which is what the investigative judgment is the ultimate fulfillment of, and it's the process of uh, finally cleansing uh, the universe of sin. Yeah, sure. And basically, uh, in a very simple way, what was happening on the Day of Atonement, or what is um, you know even symbolised today with Yom Kippur, is a division is made between those who have confessed their sins and those who haven't. Yes. Yep. The, 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 wicked, the righteous and the wicked, more yep. or less. Yep. Um, and you know, regardless of when the investigative judgment you know, begins, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about judgment. We all understand judgment as human beings. Judgment takes place by finding out whether something is uh, true or false or um, a person is is uh, guilty or innocent or so forth. And the Bible is full of, you know, information about the judgment. Um, it's, it's actually interesting that um, whenever God in the Bible, in all of the stories in the Bible, whenever God brought down a judgment, there was always, in well, in every case I can think of, there was always a step of investigation first. So think of the first sin in Genesis 3 with um, Adam and Eve taking of the fruit. God didn't just say, right, you guys, out of the garden, you're, you're banished. He came and asked questions. It, there was a mini investigation, um, or at least what, what's recorded is a mini investigation. Who knows, it might have been quite a full investigation. I'm sure it was for the sake of the, the stakeholders involved. So whenever God deals with with something, um, with us, with our free choices, you know, he, he does it in an open, transparent way. That actually gives me a, a lot of confidence that God isn't just making arbitrary decisions. Yes, yep. Now, does God need to have an investigation to find out what's right and what's wrong? You know, in our system here, we need to do that. You know, if, if, if we accuse Lawson of having committed a heinous crime, um, we would actually have not. to investigate to find out whether he did or not. Does God need to do that? The answer is complicated. It's yes and no. So no, because God knows everything. So he doesn't need a process of time to figure out more information, to find more information. But his character is one of love, a, f- a free choice. He honors, he gives us free choice. He created us with free choice and honors that. Um, so when he interacts with us, he does it in a way that um, respects that freedom and um, explains himself in a way that makes sense to us. The Bible says, come now, let us reason together, um, in Isaiah 1 verse 18. Um, and also, this is an interesting one, to answer the question, does God need a process of investigation? God himself asked the question of himself as to why 
whatever was going on was going on. When Jesus was on the cross, he asked his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is a, that is the sort of question that we are asking. Why bad stuff happens? Why does you know? Why is this person lost? This person saved? Why is this bad thing happening to me? And God, in His process of deliberative investigation, wants us to engage with that um, in un, in an understanding way of understanding you know what decisions He's making and why. Jesus Himself asked that question on the cross. Yeah, because God could simply answer. By saying, uh, because it is. Yeah. yeah. You know, he could just give that answer because I'm sovereign God. Why would you question sovereign God? Uh, but he doesn't do that. He's like, okay, that's a really good question. Let me answer that for you. Here is all the, uh, I've investigated it. Mm. And here's all the evidence and, and, and lay it all out for us, which can give us a lot of uh, confidence. Okay, so um, why why is it perceived that this whole concept of investigation would remove assurance? It, it's a it's a misunderstanding of God and, and the judgment really that that leads to that um, conclusion. I guess when we think of our own lives and we think of um, you know what what is there to see when God looks at us, we realise that there's not a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. Um, I realise that in my own life. There's there's a lot of mess. Um, not much there that's good to look at. And so when we think of somebody looking at that, it makes us fearful. Um, but the judgment isn't about looking at all of our bad deeds and whether they stack up against our good deeds because our good deeds, even the Bible says, our good deeds are as filthy rags. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the judgment is about checking to see whether our bad deeds are covered by Jesus' goodness, Jesus' righteousness. Um, so it's a misunderstanding of, of what the judgment is about um, and a misunderstanding that there are variables at play that determine whether we're whether we're saved or lost. I think the the idea that um, assurance is undermined by some process of investigation kind of assumes that salvation is is universal. Um, it it assumes that well God's going to make it all right and save everyone regardless of whether they're wanting to be saved or not. Um, which when you stop and think about it, you realize, well, that doesn't make sense either. But the Bible clearly teaches that salvation isn't going to be applied to everyone that ever lived. Um, people can freely choose to accept salvation. It's a gift that God gives um, freely. And the, the judgment is all just about determining whether we've accepted that gift to cover our sins. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it is. So people have tried to, over the, over the years, get around this concept of uh, an investigative judgment. And um, during the 16th century, you had the rise of the concept of predestination. Now, predestination, of course, um, argues that um, God has predetermined every single person who will ever live, and he has created some people to be saved and some people to be lost. Does that solve the problem? No. <laughs> okay, just, so a person who believes in predestination doesn't have assurance either. Then. No, because if so, let's say I'm a predestinationist. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that you know God ultimately decrees that you're going to be saved. I'm going to be lost. Let's say. Okay, so let's say that Daniel doesn't believe that. But let's say that he does. Well, how do I know that God decreed that you're going to be saved and I'm going to be lost? Like we still have that question over what God has dec- ultimately decreed. God hasn't written down a list and put it on. You know, up in the sky to say person A is going to be lost, person B is going to be saved. So we still posted it on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're we're still lost in our minds as to whether you know whether that salvation is applied to me or not. So you can really live a, li- a righteous life your entire life, and uh, you still have no idea whether um, 
whether you you are one of the chosen ones or not. When you talk to Calvinists, that's the way they think. They they don't they they don't claim. Yep, I'm definitely one of God's saved people, and you're not. That, that's not the way they talk. They just you know they believe that God has ultimately decreed it, but they don't know. They don't have access to that information, so they still struggle with assurance just as much as someone who believes that salvation is a free choice that we can make. Okay, so the lesser version of predestination is once saved, always saved. Um, does that solve the problem? You know, I made a decision when I was 15 years old and that's it, God has forever sealed me. It introduces another problem because not only now do you not know whether you've um, truly been saved, whether your whether your conversion back when you were 15 was, was genuine or whether it was just a, 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 you know, a facade or something, but you're also now... Um, are removed with freedom of choice. So if you have truly been saved, you can't um, you can't renege on that. You, you you can't determine. Okay, hang on a minute. I want to be selfish now. I don't want to follow God. Um, it'd be like me marrying my wife and then her not being able to divorce me. Like the, mm-hmm. our marriage is is meaningful and love is meaningful because, because we both you have want the, to be together and we have the option of walking away from each other. If we didn't have that option, if if we were in a jail cell together and the, the it was locked and the key thrown out. That would be that would be a nightmare. We, it would be forced. It wouldn't be love. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then how does how does a person find assurance of salvation? Where is the, where is the so we found we found that universalism doesn't solve the problem. Predestination doesn't solve it. Once saved, always saved doesn't solve it. Uh, there is an investigative judgment. Where do you find assurance of salvation? How can you sit here confident this morning that your salvation is secure? By looking to Jesus. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Um, and plenty of other texts that, that encourage us to look to Jesus. That's where our, our assurance of salvation will come from. Looking at ourselves, uh, will it's good to you know evaluate ourselves, where, where we're going, what, what our choices are. But if that's all we look at, we're going to, be, we're going to throw, uh, give up in despair. We need to look to Jesus. That's where our righteousness is. That's where our assurance is. Absolutely. I like the words of the hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Jesus is yours. You have assurance. Yes. You know, you don't have to yes. have somebody questioning, um, am I saved or am I lost? Because you have Jesus, you know Jesus, and that's where assurance is. And if you're listening today and you are not sure of your salvation, then simply make Jesus yours and you will have that assurance right there. Yes. Okay, so we've got a couple of minutes left. A couple of, uh, let's, let's explore one of, maybe one or two more thoughts here. Uh, the concept of the immortality of the soul. What is the effect that that has? Yes. Um, this is not a biblical concept, but it is a, a, a common one. What does that have on, on the, how does that relate to the investigative judgment? I'm glad you brought that up because the investigative judgment doesn't make sense to someone who believes in an immortal soul. And that's the majority of Christianity. This is why the, the doctrine of the investigative judgment is so widely misunderstood. Uh, the inve- the, so the doctrine of the immortal soul says that as soon as you die, then you immediately go to your eternal destiny, whether it's hell or heaven. Or a variation of that would be that you go to purgatory and where you have to suffer for a while. But anyway, the majority of Christianity doesn't believe in purgatory. It's just heaven or hell immediately. So there's no process for a deliberative investigation, no time for a, a deliberative investigation if your case is immediately decided on your deathbed. So it's just like a uh, a black box, so to speak, where yes. um, yep. you know the decision, decision is made like a lump it. Yes. Yep. And uh, we get no say. Well, not that we get it. God is the one who makes the decision, but we get no evidence as to whether God's decision is is a good decision or a bad decision. Yeah. Now, I think that most of us would be happy to accept any decision that God made, but given eternity, if you leave a seed of doubt somewhere in the universe, 
It's bound to come back, isn't it? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So this investigative judgment gives us assurance not only of our salvation now, but also assurance that sin will not come back. We will have freedom to choose to not love God and, and to choose selfishness for, for throughout eternity. But the investigative judgment gives us assurance that the evidence will be there that that's not a sensible path to go. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM today. It's been great to uh, talk about something a little bit different, and we appreciate the article that you've put there in Record Magazine right now. This is Fernando Ortega, All Creatures of Our God and King.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Just about the manger Where the baby lay It's not all about the angels Who sing for him that day It's not all about the shepherds On the bright and shining star It's not all about the wise men Who traveled from afar it's about the cross, it's about my sin, it's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the
enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10am every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there.